Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Jeremy Herder, founder of Optimal Self. And if you want to grow through relationships, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friends, Travis Chappell and Eric Skorzynski. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. Jeremy, it's so good to get to sit down with you and talk a little bit today. Man, Eric, I've been looking forward to it. Super excited. You know, we've got to know each other over these last three, four, five weeks. I don't even know how long it's been since, but uh, yeah, man, been looking forward to it. So thanks for having me. Yeah, this is the most boring way that we've met so far because we got to meet in Vegas. We got to do a VIP day there. We got to go out to Costa Rica together and really kind of just did podcast episodes that we didn't record in Costa Rica. So this will be fun to actually get this on the record today. But as you know, with all the Build Your Network episodes, we like to go back to the very beginning, back to childhood. And I know that your story really starts back around that middle school, early childhood age. So can you talk a little bit about Jeremy as a kid? and some of the pivotal moments that made you who you are today. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's important for all, for all listeners, right? Give a little context around it because we do get to see accolades and I'm sure we'll talk about that. And I'm sure, you know, the intro and you see the bios, but let's be clear, man. I was born, my mom was, my mom was 15 when she got pregnant. Uh, You know, she was babysitting and the guy came over and 16 when I was born. So, you know, we didn't have a lot, you know, I mean, think about it, babies having babies. and, And so, you know, in those days there was no MTV and you didn't get your own TV show because you did it. Right. It wasn't like, cool. You're going to be on people magazine. Now it was none of that shit. It was all, you know, like, should we really do this? And oh my gosh, you know, like you were almost like scarlet letter, right? Like it was, it was, it was different then. And my mom, you know, had to make that decision, right. Is it, is this the right time or, or, you know, did, did, is this, you know, a mistake, so to speak. Right. So her and my Nana, my, my grandmother, which, you know, we're Italian. So we, we we're Nana's and Papa's around here, you know, everybody's name, Anthony and Michael. So, but, uh, they made that decision together and my mom and said, you know, let's, let's make this happen. And of course, because they came from a very, uh, Catholic 
religious family was like, well, if that's the case, then you guys need to get married and, and, you know, all things like that. So, you know, but my, my birth father was an alcoholic still to this day, drug addict and was abusive mentally, you know, verbally, physically. And so luckily at a young age, my mom said enough is enough, man. Like when people always ask, and you'll hear this a lot on, on podcasts and different things where people say, who's your hero? Well, look, (laughs) she had to make some really tough decisions at a really young age. And so when you, when you look back, as you get older, you when I say she's my hero, like it's, it's for real, man. Like that lady is, is, is a badass. And so that's where it all started, man. Seeing her pull us out of there, you know, and, and we went and lived with the grandparents, you know, again, we, it was, you know, we were, we were below middle-class, I would say, and, and fighting for it. You know what I mean? Luckily Nana and Papa helped a lot financially and, 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 you know, it was, took a village. My mom had all sisters. And so I got to, you know, I had a lot of moms, so to speak, right. Aunts and, so yeah, that that's how it all started. But uh, you know, again, as a human coming out of that womb, my mom will tell you, like, I was a baseball player. Like from day one, I said, Hey, like I think maybe my first word was baseball. Like, and that's all I ever wanted to do. It's all I ever sought out to do. I, I didn't really have, you know, that that was it. Like it was, it was something that was just super in my heart, in my mind, you know, in my blood is that I'm going to, I'm going to play baseball and that's all I ever wanted. So that's kind of where that, that started, but I'll tell you this, which is pretty funny is that, you know, later on when I had kids and I'd try to get those girls to like, all right, it's time for practice or it's time to go to here. And they'd be like, Oh my God, dad, like, do we have to again? You know? And I, I remember having that conversation with my mom. I was like, man, how did you do it? She had, you know, my brother and then she got remarried. And so we had two other boys. So there are four of us, like all a year apart, four boys. Like, I can't even imagine what that was like. Right. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I said, how do you get them to want to go to practice and like show up and do it? She's like, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to tell you. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, how, what, how did you get me to do it? She goes, Jeremy, I couldn't not get you to do it. From the time you got home, you were already putting your uniform on. And I'm like, okay, practice isn't until four. And I'm like, it's two. And you're like, all right, let's go. You're like, no, it's two hours. And you'd run upstairs and come back down and be like, are you ready yet? Go back stairs, you know, like, and she's like, even when I pull up to stop the car, you were already getting out of the car. Like I couldn't even stop it. And you weren't even going to the gate to go in. You would throw your stuff over the fence and jump over the fence. And man, you, I mean, that's how, that's who I am today. Like that is just like part of, of who I am. I love that aspect. I love to, I love the practice. Like, and so that's kind of the guy, you know, like that's the born, you know, like, like just, and, and the good news is, is those people around you would let you go at it. Like, okay, keep going, keep going, go for it, whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, I always say this is like, when you're five, six, seven, and you say, Hey, I'm going to be a pro baseball player. Everybody's like, okay, go get them kid. It's really cute. You know, when you get 16 to 17 and you're still not that good, they're like, uh, you might need a plan B dude. Like you might want to rethink this, but so that's kind of the born spot, right? That's kind of like, you know, as that, that young childhood, not having a dad around, didn't have somebody to play catch with, you know, didn't have any of, of that kind of stuff. When you look at the accolades, people say that all the time. You know, I hear people all the time talking about like that, you know, they didn't have a dad or the coach didn't like them or whatever. And I was like, yeah, welcome to my world, bro. Like, (laughs) like there's, you can have excuses or you can have results, but you sure as hell can't have both, you know? Well, well, that's a, that's a big piece that I kind of wanted to get into with you because I, I see it happen a lot. And and it's funny because I've noticed it a lot through TikTok. So we've been posting a ton of interview clips with Patrick Beth David, with, you know, we posted a clip from Steve Martin talking about, you know, if you know, be so good they can't ignore you. We posted mm. clips with tons of people we've had on the show. And the comments are full of people with excuses, you know, oh, it sounds like something that uh, you know, yeah, of course he made it. He was a white guy in Hollywood, (laughs) or of course he made it. He, you know, was friends with this person, or of course he made it. He was, you know, we posted a clip with Patrick Bet David and someone said, why don't you guys post an interview with someone who actually came up from the ghetto? And it's like, he fled at five years old from war-torn Iran and then (laughs) built his, he just bought a $22 million mansion. Like how much more ghetto do you want to get? How much more of a come up story do you want? So 
what do you think it is? Because obviously, from a from a very young age, you had that drive and that hey, my circumstances are bad, like things are falling apart around me. I can do this. Like I can get to the next level, even though people are saying I can't. Do you think that's purely a born quality, or what do you think? What do you think woke you up to that early on? Um, I don't think it's a born. I think I think everybody can. I think I think anyone can create it. Because people are worried about finding themselves like, oh, well, Jeremy, at a young age, you knew what your passion was. Bullshit. Like, I made it my passion. Like, that wasn't like, I really, Eric, honestly, I have such a low tolerance for for those types. Because you're just looking for an excuse of why you aren't. (laughs) Patrick Bet David. Why you aren't, right? Like, at the end of the day... The answer I the answer I give to anybody who who wants to listen it it optimal self so one of one of our pride it's on a you know we're getting shirts done right now it's one of the quotes we're putting there is this is that I want people to understand this the moment the moment you will take responsibility for everything in your life where you sit what your bank account looks like the house you have the relationships you have the job you have like all of it all of it. The moment you take responsibility for everything in your life is the moment you unlock your own personal power to have anything in your life. Because you see, we want to give credence to how I grew up, why, all those things. Like we, and and don't get me wrong, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I, I, I really don't, because I know that there are some people that have come some really, really shitty situations. There are some things that have happened to people that are absolutely, I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, I've had them on my show. I've talked to people all the time. I get comments and stuff and I'll take those calls. And I've had some, some people tell me their story and I'm like, it almost infuriates me, right? That another human would treat a child that way. Like I want to find them and put my hands on them. I want to physically change everything. But here's the thing. And I tell them this and, and, if you get anything out of this portion of our conversation is that the way I look at it with people and I try to get them to understand is that all of that is the past. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it's it, it probably in some cases couldn't have been worse. But we if we sit and, and that's our answer is what happened to us is that now we are a prisoner of our past, which, which means... We have put ourselves, the worst prison in the world is the one you don't even know you're in. Right. When you get those comments, that's what people are. They are in their own prison. They are locked in because they, they, are, they are a prisoner of the past. And I want to put it to you this way, just so people can get full circle of this, is that it's not just a, if, if you've had bad things. Like, I could have been that guy. I could have said, oh, well, my dad's an alcoholic. That's why I'm an alcoholic, right? I could have said, whatever. You could go down those roads, but you have a choice. I don't care what anybody says. Like, (laughs) you're you're here. I mean, again, this might go all over the world, so things are different. But understand what we're talking about in context, right? Like, don't take each word out of context. Understand that you still do have a choice and how you want to be and what you want to control for the most part. And now, if I were to tell you, Eric, Oh, hey, you played professional baseball. Oh, hey, you went to the CrossFit Games. Oh, you won an event at the CrossFit Games, right? You get to stand there and be number one in the world in that moment. If I told you those were my glory days, if I told you like, yeah, dude, check out what I did, then my life would be over. What I want you to understand is I would be a prisoner of my past. Yeah, I would still be in that same prison as you are over trauma or, or over a shitty situation, you can be over, oh, when I used to have a six pack or when I was in shape or when I, what, whatever the, the things are that you say, you're still, I would still be a prisoner. Let me tell you something. That guy that ran on those baseball fields, that guy who hit home runs in professional baseball games and got a paycheck and all that shit. Dude, let me tell you something. He is not good enough for my life today. Yeah. That dude would get his ass kicked in my life today. <laughs> He's not good right. enough. Yeah. He's not. And the the guy I am today, the shit that I'm working on, the things that I'm doing, is not going to be good enough five years from now. Yeah. So the prisoner of the past is a real thing, man. And and people get so caught up in it on both sides, the good and the bad. Dude, those aren't glory days. Yeah. Those aren't the worst things. Like, we get an opportunity now. I get to create the next level of me. Yeah. I get to create that. 
Yeah. Not because any other thing is that I choose to has right. nothing to do with anything else. It's because I'm choosing it. Right. Right. One of the things you've shared a couple of times on your show, and I think you actually talked to me about it in Costa Rica <laughs> as well, was, uh, was not making the baseball team as a kid. And like, and, and again, like that right there, that's one of the few parts of your story I can relate with hundred percent. Like I was not the first pick for any athletic teams at all. And I still would not be. But you took that no and it fueled you. Like it kind of pushed you. Like, I don't even think we'd be sitting here had you not been told, like, you're not good enough for the team. So tell us a little bit about that story and like what clicked in your brain to kind of start driving you to like improve yourself. Yeah. So what what you're referring to, so I wasn't the all-star. I wasn't the best kid. Never, never, not not on any team, not in any league I ever played. I mean, I didn't make all-star teams. You know, you want to be on your team because you knew I was going to show up. You know, I was going to play hard. You know, I could catch it and throw it. Right. But I wasn't going to hit home runs. I wasn't going to strike out every kid. What that just, it wasn't who I was. I was a very small kid. And so my 13 year old year, my best friend's dad, one of my best friends, dad is the coach. I mean, all the, such so that I've been on vacations with them that we've spent, you know, like, I mean, like he, he loves me, right? Like, like, and our team won the championship. We won that league. Here's what happens in the, in those years. I don't know if it still exists today, but the coach of the winning team gets to coach the all-star team Mm. and the last two kids, because he's coaching, he gets to pick those kids. And so what, what, what that means is that I'm like, oh man, we won the championship. I'm here every day. I'm working my ass off. I'm, I'm, I'm at their house every day. Like I'm, I'm like one of his kids, right? He picks me up for practice. Like all these things that my mind was telling me I'm going to get to, this is my year. He's worst case scenario is if, if the other teams don't, the other coaches don't vote and pick me in, he gets the last two choices. He's for sure going to pick me. Right. I mean, that was playing over and over that narrative was going on in that little boy's mind over and over and over again. I, I was so excited to go to the closing ceremonies to hear the all-star team. Cause I just knew it, man, this is the year. Well, guess what? My name doesn't get called. And because I had that narrative, I was devastated, right? Because I had that expectation. I was completely devastated. But we go to the, you, so you go to the pizza party after, right? And everybody's sitting around and your whole team's there and so great. And and, and so, and I went with them in their car, by the way, and we get there and I finally see him off to the side. So I walk over and I tug on his shirt and he looks down at me and he's like, yes, son. And I said, how come you didn't pick me for all-stars? How come, how come I didn't make it? And he looked me dead in the face and Eric, I'm going to be very clear. I'm 50 years old now. (laughs) That was a 13 year old boy. And I could tell you what he was wearing. I could tell you what I was wearing. I could tell you the smells in that place. I could tell you the sounds. It is as vivid as if it happened five minutes ago. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, because you weren't good enough. And again, I know what people are going to think. They hear it. I was, and let me tell you something. Did it crush me? Yes. Don't, don't be fooled at whatsoever. I was already crushed from not hearing my name earlier in the day. And now I got the man that I love, the guy that I think loves me, the, the guy that's going to root for me and pull for me. And he's telling me I'm not good enough. And it was devastating. So listen, keeping myself together, I just slowly walked away, got over to the side, tried to watch when nobody was looking went to the corner and started to ran up to the front and asked the lady, Hey, can I please use your phone? She's like, you know, it's not for patrons. I said, it's very, it's an emergency. Please. I need to call my mom. I need to call my mom. And the lady being nice. She's like, okay, kid, whatever. She hands me the phone and dials the number and call my mom. Like, mom, please come pick me up. Please come pick me up. And she's like, what's going on? I was like, just please, please. I'm begging you. I'm begging. She's like, you're supposed to stay the night. It's a sleepover. You're with, you know, and I'm like, please, please mom. She's like, fine. I'm on my way hand her the phone. I don't even go back inside. I go out and I sit on the curb right outside the front door and I'm waiting for my mom to pull up. She pulls up and I am like lightning into the car, putting that seatbelt on. And she's like, and of course, in that moment, tears, right? I mean, crying, sobbing, sobbing, you know, like, like that kind of sobbing. And my mom is like, what is going on? Jeremy, Michael, what the hell is going on right now? So as I catch my breath and I tell her, like any mom, 
<laughs> like those of you that have kids right now, like any mom, she was like, what? He said, what? And she's pulling the car into a parking spike going in ready to, and I'm like, please don't go inside. Please don't go outside. I'm begging you. Right. And she's looking at me and she's like, oh no. And I'm like, mom, I'm so embarrassed. Please do not go in there. And again, I don't know if my mom knew what she was doing in this moment. I don't know if, you know, she had, she was the, she was, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi or like Yoda or whatever. Right. But she's, she stopped and she looked at me and she said, okay. And it got quiet. And just like now, man, when I say these words, it gives me the biggest sense of calm in any, just like it happened yesterday. She looked right at me and she said, okay, Jeremy, what are you going to do about it? What do you want to do? And I say that, and it was in that moment, I'm prompt, like, even now, like this calm went over my body down to my toes, like all of that, where I couldn't breathe all of a sudden subsided. And I heard her say it. I heard her say it twice. What are you going to do about it? What do you want to do? And in that moment, I was like, oh, like, yeah, what am I going to do about it? What is it? Right. And I said to her, I said, can we go to big five? And she's like, what? And so those of you other around in, in Southern California in those days, that was the massive sporting goods store, right? Like you have dicks and, and things like that. Maybe now in other places, people still do. but just think of the massive thing, sporting goods store that had everything you could ever imagine for sports. Right. So she's like, what, what? Like, don't, don't like any mom, right. For a 13 year old, let's just go get some ice cream. How about we go get some ice cream and we smooth it all over. And, you know, we get a toy at target. You know what I mean? Like, like what all parents, what we think. Right. And I'm like, can we just go to big five? And she's like, fine, whatever, let's go. Right. So not far away. We pull in. And just like I told you, man, I, I see him and I could see me. I can still remember walking in there. We get over to the baseball section and we turn the corner and there it is. It's a big, it's a yellow sign. It's actually on sale. Every other sign on, on this whole wall is, is white and there's a yellow sign. It says 1999. I said, mom, can I have that? And she's like, what in the hell is that? I said, it's a batting tee, mom. Can I have that? And she's, I know internally she's like, wait a second, $19.99 and this kid's going to be appeased and he's going to be fine. He's going to stop crying. He's going to, you know what I mean? She's like, for $19.99, I'm in, right? Like pulls it off the shelf. We buy it. We go home. And I got home that day and I built that thing. I went around the house into the garage, found every ball that I could possibly find. And I went out back and I started hitting balls off that tee. Same day, that day. Hmm. And I promised myself, from this point forward, I'm going to hit hundred balls off that tee, rain or shine, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go hit hundred balls so much so that I, I found a bunch of tennis balls. Cause in the rain, I would hit tennis balls because it would soak up the water better than the ba- It wouldn't ruin the baseball. So I could keep the baseballs inside out of the rain. I would use tennis balls. Right. And that's what I did. I just, from that point forward, I was like, and I can tell you in my mind, what my mind was saying was no one's ever going to tell me I'm not good enough. Not from my lack of effort, not from me not putting in the time energy that it takes to do something well. Because the truth is, and I want everyone to understand this. Yeah, those words are hard. Yes, it crushed my soul. It didn't, it didn't feel good, right? I didn't want to go watch their games. I was still a 13-year-old boy that that's that's heart was was broken, right? But I knew that I I wanted to work, I wanted to get better. And Going to practice for an hour every day on a Wednesday was not going to be enough. I wasn't gifted with that. I wasn't the kid that was just going to show up and be better than anybody else. And to this day, that's not how it works. It doesn't. I don't have some special talent. My special talent is I'm going to outwork your ass. That's what's going to happen. But I want to say this about that, that experience is this, is that one was him telling me the truth. Here's what I want people to understand. What he told me that day was the truth. There's 20 other teams. There's 120 kids in that league. There's 15 that make the all-star team, right? So even if I was the 16th best kid, 16th out of 120, that's not bad. You're you're, you're pretty good. But guess what? You're not one of the 15. You are not good enough to be one of those 15. And he was right. He was right. Because I had put myself into a position to believe that he was going to pick me because he liked me, 
because I was on the team because he, because that's what should happen, right? The parents should do this or which is all bullshit. It's, it's my version to say, oh, I deserve it because he's like a dad to me. Like he likes me. No, no. You get what you earn. You, you gain those things by earning it. And I had not earned the right to be on that team. And here's what I want people to understand. Going forward, if I would have went out there one day and hit a few balls off that tee and then expected to make the all-star team, it would have been, I would, I would have quit for sure because it would have never happened, right? I would have quit. It's like, it's like you jumping to going like, Hey, I want to get in shape and you jumping down and doing a hundred sit-ups and then going to the mirror and pulling up your shirt and expecting a six pack. Like, no, nah, bro, that's not how it works. Yeah. Right. That's how this works either. So just day in and day out and day in and day out, we were doing things. I'd go out there before we would leave nights. I'd come home. I'd do it in the dark. Like it didn't matter. I just, I was just going to go out there and keep going. And the next year I didn't make it. And the next year I barely made the high school team. I sat on the bench. I barely played. I got more freaking water for the team than I did at bats. And the next year I got a little bit better. And the next year I got a little bit better. And by the time I was 18 years old and I was a senior in high school, I led this, I led the team in hitting. I was an all league player. I was the MVP of the team. I got voted by your peers, by your coaches as the most valuable player of that team. I was the only kid on that team to get a scholarship to go play, to go play. That was five years later. Mm. You see, it doesn't happen. We, we hear this all the time. You, you've probably heard this in other podcasts or even if you on the, is that we, we overestimate what we can get done in a year and we underestimate what we can do in the next five or 10 years. You see, it took five years for all of that work to start to compound over time to be good enough. And that year, I was the only kid on that team I, not only did I make the all, I made the all Valley all-star team. That's all the different cities around like miles and miles around. It wasn't just your little, little league team. It was the big one. It was the one where they put your face on the front of the newspaper. It was like, there's only been at that point in my life at that high school, there'd only been a handful of kids that ever got selected to that team. So again, it was the buildup of all the work. It was, it was the work that I did when nobody else was watching. Cause I still was at practice, was still doing those things. And again, I wasn't deterred by the outcome because I knew if I just kept working that there was gonna be an, an opportunity. Right. And here's a caveat to that whole story. At the end, years later, seven of those 15 kids with the coach bought a ticket to come watch me play baseball at a stadium <laughs> professionally. And what's really cool, because they were all my friends, this this is not a story of like jet fuel, I'm going to do it in spite of them. Like I never had all that. All those guys are still my friends. It wasn't their fault. It wasn't even his fault. It's nobody else's fault. I just wasn't good enough yet. And that's the, that's the caveat, right? I wasn't good enough yet, right? You want to be the kid that makes your 12-year-old or you want to be the kid at 22 that's running on the field in front of 50,000 people? Your choice. How, you, how are you going to play it? But in that, we had dinner that night after the game and I got to come out and walk out of the clubhouse and you're signing autographs, you're doing all the cool shit, taking pictures. And I go out to dinner with these guys and these guys are just like, holy cow, I can't. Every one of them would tell you, I cannot believe it's you. Of all the kids that were around, I cannot believe that it's you. And I told that story to, to our coach, right? To, to one of my mentors. I told him that story and he was devastated. He was like, What? I said, what? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I said, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I gave him a hug. I mean, he was like physically, you visibly upset that he said that to me. And I said, you changed my life because you were honest with me. You didn't tell me I would never be good enough. He said, look, hey man, in this moment, this is the way my mind works. In this moment, you're not good enough. Hmm. But if you work your ass off, if you start showing, if you get there early, if you show up late, like if you just keep doing it, Again, we said it before, the best is yet to come, Yeah. right? And so that was a big turning point. I, and I'll leave it this and is that T I still have to this day. Hmm. It travels with me. It is a symbol of what can be done. What can happen if you're willing to put in the time, energy, and effort over an extensive period of time. If you're, if you're willing to get consistent to an action over an extended period of time, the sky's the limit. Yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. 
We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. But see, so many people's stories would have stopped at, oh, well, this guy told me I wasn't good enough when I was 13 and I developed a complex and I never went and tried anything <laughs> ever again. Or vice versa. What, what you see even more often, you, you alluded to earlier, is you know, I was the all-star quarterback of my high school team and they're 40 years old working at dead end job. And that's their, their glory days. They get stuck there. And, and I'm curious, like, you know, you, you mentioned obviously putting in the work, there's a lot that's possible that we don't think is possible, but how do you determine the balance of something that, you know, is worth investing in worth developing yourself in versus something where, Hey, maybe I'm not naturally gifted to that. I should play into my natural kind of born talents. Like, where do you find that balance? Or do you think it really doesn't matter? Do you think if you can apply it to any situation, you can eventually come out somewhere near the top? So it's a great question. I, you know, cause we're talking about some different things too. When you ask that question is, you know, what my passion is and is it monetizable to, to make a living? That's, that's, that's part of it. Right. And what we do, I have a different answer when it comes to like business and where you're at in business and that kind of thing. But as a, as, from a human level, from a personal level, you know, you what we have to be able to do is for ourselves is we get so caught up in what everybody else is saying and doing, even you know, and and so if we can get away from <laughs> the people's opinion, like like I I I know what that sounds like, but it's it's very difficult. So because. We always want to be validated, right? Do we want somebody to tell us we're we're good, right? We we want them to validate us in some way. And so we look for that in other people. A lot of times it's in our parents or like this and a coach and a mentor, right? We we want them to validate who we are and we need them to tell us how great we are in, in certain ways. And don't get me wrong, we all need it. I'm not, I'm no, no. different. But what I want people to 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 look at is in, instead of it being that validation, instead of looking for that from somebody, just understand that that's their opinion, <laughs> right? Good or bad. Because again, if you take when you're getting the good, because that's easy, we're all like, oh yes, I'm so great. And everybody's telling me I'm so great. And so you're like, okay. And so it, it fuels us to go, but it's still just their opinion. Yeah. Because when it's the negative, right? When people do this all the time, you, you and I have talked about this about, you know, when, when, you know, you start a podcast or you do, you do business at all, you play baseball at a high level and watch, go to a, go to, you know, be at a, a visiting stadium and see what those drunks have to say about your mom. Right. Like, right. Yeah. like they, they say some pretty rude things, right. We had, 
batteries thrown at us. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, but again, it's easy to say, oh, that's just their opinion. But yet when we're looking for that validation from a loved one, a dad, a mom, mm-hmm. you know, a coach, whatever, and that opinion, again, that validation doesn't come, we take it so harshly. But the truth is, is I want people to understand is just insert opinion to, to that. And when I ask you and I'm like, do you really care what their opinion is? Yeah. Most of the time you're going to go, mm, no, not really. I'd like to hear it, but it's not going to affect me. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we let it affect us because we want that validation. So to go back to your question a little bit is, is, is it, you know, how do we seek that out? Right. People ask me, oh man, how did you find your passion or whatever? Here's what I want people to understand. I'm going to say it to you this way and I'll, and I'll, and then I'll give you some context. How you do anything is how you do everything. How you are here is how you are everywhere. Now, what I mean by that is this in, in the world of life, right? Is that we have to give everything. So I'll give you really, I'll put some really easy context for people. So I was coaching this kid in real estate. Okay. And he calls me, he was, he was at a, a, a brokerage that I was, that I was doing some consulting for. And, you know, he asked for my help. I said, sure, let's do it. Right. That the, actually the, the market center was actually paying for it anyways. And he calls me one day and, he, and he, he says, hey, I really need to talk to you. I said, okay, listen, I got a 20 minute window. I'm leaving this office. I'm going to another, I'll call you, right? Because otherwise you got to get on Calendly. You got to get on my schedule, right? We all know how that works. And so I call this kid and he's like, hey, I'm sure you're going to fire me. You're not going to want to work with me. And I said, really? Why? why? Like, That's weird. I, I love this kid, man. He's a great dude. He's, you know, like, he's like, well, you know, he was had a little bit of a rough go with his parents at 18. They were like, get the hell out of here. You're not allowed in like go fend. You know what I mean? Like we're not feeding you anymore. Like right. you need to go make your way in the world. And so, and he was a young kid at this point, he was like 24 years old. And he was like, man, I'm, you know, I got to go get a job. And I was like, okay, are you getting out of real estate? He said, no. I said, okay, then why wouldn't we work together? And he's like, well, because now I'm going to have a job and I'm going to have to, you know, go it, to Staples was where he got a job. And I said, are you, or are you not going to do, is this not your path? Do you not want to do real estate? He says, no, I really do. I said, okay, little, let me, here we go. I will keep coaching you and helping you on one condition and one condition only. He's like, shoot, dude, whatever. I said, whatever you do at Staples, whatever they ask you to do, because again, he needs this job so that he gets a paycheck so he can pay his bills. I said, if you go in there just to pay your bills, yeah, you're right. I'm out. I got nothing. I got nothing for you. And I said, but if you go there and if they ask you to sweep the floor, when you go there, you'd be the best damn person that they've ever had in the history of the company. So if they ask you to sweep the floor, you'd be the best damn sweeper they've ever had. You don't groan. You don't say shit. You go, where's the broom? Show me the way. And you go do it the best that it can be done. When they ask you to stack computers in the back at two in the morning and you're dead tired, you go, nope, let's go. I'm going to reinvent ways to stack computers because it'd be the best damn shit they've ever done. I said, because if you don't and you go in there just to get a paycheck, if you go in there just to show up and bide your time until the next payday, if you half-ass that, you're going to turn around and try to jump into this business. And guess what? You're going to half-ass it because how you are here is how you are everywhere. And so you want to know how to get your passion or you want to know how to find, look, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Do it the best that you can possibly do it. You understand this is a muscle that we get to flex. This is a muscle that we get to train inside of us. You see, we believe there's a fucking switch that we get to just click it on and now I'm going to be fucking great. No, that's not how it works. Just so you all know, the switch is on right now. Your switch might be, but your your level of effort and energy is half-assed. You might be like, no, I'm doing the best I can. Bullshit. Are you doing that in every aspect of your life? So this, and and no joke, he was like, wow, I've never heard it like that before. He's like, I wish we had this on video. This was one of the reasons why the podcast is built and why Optimal Self is what it is. To be honest, it was this conversation because he goes, we should have recorded this. There's somebody out there that should hear this. I shouldn't be the only one at, you know, to get this information. Like you should be saying this. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? But, but it hit me hard. I was like, huh, maybe he's right. Like, like I love having these conversations, but for him, it was because, yeah, because I was looking at it just as a job. 
But let me tell you something. If you can teach yourself and train yourself to do whatever it is you're doing, the best that you can possibly do it, then that's the moment that you can duplicate that in other areas of your life. And so maybe you, that isn't your passion. Maybe you're in a job right now that it is not the thing that you were like, set, feel like you were set on this earth to do. Maybe not, maybe not, but do it the best that you can possibly do it. Train yourself and teach yourself to not give in to the bullshit, to not listen or watch what other people are doing. Cause I told them, you're going to go to work, man. You're going to have that dude that's out by that on his break is out smoking, a, you know, smoking a joint, right? Cause he didn't give a shit about that job. He just needs the paycheck. He's going to be smoking a joint. He's going to be half-assing it, whatever. I don't care if you got to even pick up the slack. So everything gets done, do it because you're not doing, cause otherwise you're going to train and you're going to be him, right? You got to train you to be exactly what you want. So again, I open that your question with how you are here is how you are everywhere. Well, you want to find your passion. You want to get something. Well, first you got to train yourself to be the best that you can be at what you're doing, whatever it is. And then it will elevate into other areas of your life. Then you will get, you'll be shocked at the doors that open when you're doing this so the, the least amount of job. There's one of my one of my favorite stories. Again, a guy by the name of David Osborne. Look him up. Great real estate man. Tons of businesses. Has like ten million dollars in passive income now. Incredible mind to listen to. Anyways, and he started as the receptionist at the company. The receptionist, a Saturday receptionist job. Right. I don't even know if you call the males receptionist, but whatever. <laughs> so. And today, not only does he not just own that company, he owns 10 of them. <laughs> like, yeah. and, but when they talk about him, they say he was the best receptionist they ever had. Well, okay. Most people would be like, well, he's the best receptionist. Yeah. Because he just trained himself to whatever I'm going to do. I'm going to be great at it. And then that opens the door to the next thing. And then I'm going to be great at that. And then they opens the door to the next thing. And then I'm going to be great at that. So, because the one thing that we all have in common, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter your skin color, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter anything. The one thing, because again, I can't be taller. I can tell you I want to play in the NBA. They're like, uh, bro, you're a 5'10 white dude. That's not happening, dude. Like, good luck, right? Like, there's certain things we can't control. The one thing that we all get to control is the ability to learn. You see, don't be fooled. Success comes from hard work. Okay, okay. But real success comes from your ability and willingness to learn. So whatever it is you're doing right now, if you're willing to learn that skill, to find that thing, to be the best that you can possibly do it, it will open the door to the next thing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's one of the things that I struggled to, to place when I first met you was, was figuring mm. out, cause you, you've got, you're, you're confident the switch is on, like, you know, that you've talked about, you wake up, Oh, it's, it's exhausting almost like you come in like ready to go like all the time. And, you know, it, it's one of those things when I first met you, I was like, okay, well, of course, you know, he's got a big baseball career behind him. He's got, you know, the CrossFit games behind him. He's champion of that. Like there's lots of things to hang your hat on and say like, oh, I, I felt all the success. And then talking with you more, you're like, I don't really like talking about that stuff. Like it, it's something. And I was like, so where does all this come from? Like, where does the, the positivity come from? Where does the confidence come from? And you kind of just talked about it. Like it comes from pursuing to be the best of everything that you're in. Like you come from your own mindset. Like what took you to major league baseball? What took you to, you know, CrossFit games? What's taken you to the top of the real estate game? You know, like it has all been that same mindset and pursuing that change over and over and over again to be the best you can be. And you're not, you Again, I've told you this when we met in Vegas is like, there's people who, if they were an assistant to a, you know, baseball player, that would be on the top of their LinkedIn. That would be the first thing they open with at every event. But the people that are really doing something, accomplishing something aren't nailed down to that. Like it's what, what can they do right now? What's the mindset they can have today to show up in a really, really impressive way. So I, I think the example you gave is a, is a perfect, perfect version of that or, or image of that. So I mean, that's how I feel. I, I mean, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to, if, if I tell you I'm going to be there, man, it doesn't, I mean, all, none of that shit matters. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, my batting average or my fielding <laughs> average or whatever we want or whatever I've done, like none of that shit matters. It yeah. truly doesn't. Like, again, we, we talk about seasons of our lives. That was a season. Mm -hmm. And 
I can honestly say I gave it everything I had. Yeah. Baseball was a massive failure in my own mind hmm. because I didn't, because I wanted to be a hall of famer. I wanted to spend 20 years in the big leagues. I wanted, you know, I wanted every kid and to have my, you know, my poster on their, on their wall, like not even close, not even, <laughs> didn't even sniff any of that. Right. Never a damn poster made of me. Like, I mean, yeah. Did I get to do some great? Yeah. Did I give it? But what I can tell you, Eric, is I can honestly look at it. It, it, It's a failure because I had what the end goal should have, what I wanted, right? That expectation. But when I look at it and I understood, and now I understand today, that's not why I was put on this earth, man. Mm, Like it's not, it's a season. It taught me a lot. I got to learn a lot. I got to be around some really amazing people. I'm very fortunate, had some really cool coaches and, you know, some of the lines and some of the things that I say today came out of those, those moments. But what I learned more than anything and what I, what I will tell you is I gave it everything I had, right? Like that's for sure that, you know, a stone wasn't unturned. I wasn't the most talented kid. I wasn't the biggest, fastest, strongest kid. I didn't, I wasn't, blessed with a 95 mile an hour, you know, arm or, you know, to hit the ball 500 feet. It just, it just wasn't, that's not what it was. And there were some times where that was tough, right? Like at the, at the end of the career and, you know, being done was like, you know, trapped in that identity, being a baseball player. Like that's all I ever said. What are you going to do? I'm going to be a baseball player. What are you? I'm a baseball player. Like, and when that's gone, that identity is, is is hard right yeah and i don't know if i if this road you're going but i i struggled i didn't even know and that's this is a lot of things just like i said before about we put ourselves in these prisons that we don't even know we're in it's it's the worst thing that we can do is that we're not constantly working on on bettering ourselves and i was in the grocery store two years later after baseball hadn't played baseball in two years by then i had some real estate stuff we were doing some stuff and I run into this gentleman at the grocery store. I didn't know him personally. I, I saw like his face. I recognize him. And obviously he's like, Jeremy, oh my God, Jeremy Heard. He comes over, he shakes my hand. He's like, what's up, dude? How are you, man? How's everything going? He's like, can you stay here real quick? My son is in the car. I really want him to meet you. Hmm. I was like, all right, that's okay, whatever. You know what I mean? And he comes walking up and here's this kid, probably seven or eight years old. And he, big smile. And he comes walking up and he, and, and the gentleman says, this is Jeremy. We, we went to the same high school, but this is the guy I was telling you about. That's a pro baseball player. And I was like, Oh, like in my body, man, everything just went like, I was like, Oh shit. I wanted to say, uh, I'm not a baseball player. (laughs) Like, that's what I wanted to say. I hadn't been on a baseball field in, in two years. I hadn't got a paycheck in from, from Arizona in in two years. I was like, I'm not a baseball player. Like, holy shit. But I talked to the kid and, you know, you know, shook his hand and we talked a little bit. I told him, Hey, there's a story, man. You got to do the work. Right. We had some fun and gave him a little hug and some knuckles on the way out. And he was like, man, the guy was super gracious. Thank you so much for spending some time. And it was great. Like it was awesome. But inside Eric, I was dying. I was dying. And I checked out at the grocery store, man. And I sat in that car for, God, I don't even know, <laughs> hour, maybe two, just going, what the fuck? Like this feeling, like, what is this? Where is it? And wh- how the hell do I get rid of it? But it's because my I was attached. My identity was attached to being a baseball player. Like mm-hmm. I was that's what I, and then all of a sudden when I wasn't and somebody called me a baseball player, I was like, oh, like a fraud. Right. I was like, yeah. no, I'm not. Like, I want to tell him like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I don't do that anymore. I haven't done that in a while. You know what I mean? But that was on me, not on them. And what it was, was I needed to sit down and say, okay, baseball is what I did. It's not who I am. Mm. So let's take a look at who am I? Who is Jeremy? Why is he walking this earth today? And when you start to dig into those things, when you start to come up with your mission or or even, even just your own character traits that you're like, okay, you know, there's a great book, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, highly recommend it. And one of the chapters in there is called Begin With the End in Mind. And, and basically what he's saying is 
Well, we have to think of, and, and in there, it's, it's literally an exercise. It's like you, he paints the picture. You're walking into this church, this cathedral, whatever. And, you know, you sit down and these people are going up there and one of them's your best friend. And one of them's a family member and one of them's a coworker. And it's basically your funeral. What are they going to say? And I love that version. We do it here. We don't go as, as, as far as the, as the death, but at optimal self, what we do is we call it the Google review, right? Cause that's what every business and everything gets. And when you're saying, oh yeah, we want to get these reviews. Okay, great. Write it, write that, write that review about you. What do you want it to say? What are the words that you use? What do you, the words that you want to articulate? And when you can articulate those, you can actually now live them. Until that moment, you're just cruising. You're just like, oh, I want to have a good business. Oh, I want to have a good life. Oh, I want to find a great partner. Oh, really? Okay. Describe what do you want them? What do you want them to say about you? What do you what do you want that Google review to be? What do you want those things to be? And again, make no mistake, don't confuse the two things into saying now I need their opinion and their validation. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying because it's coming from you. And when you write it and you say, oh, you know, Jeremy was, you know, he had high integrity. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. And he listened to me. And, you know, having that conversation was a, was a life-changing moment. Well, guess what? Now, when I get into those moments, now I just say, do what you say you're going to do, right? Listen. Don't just listen to talk. Listen to, listen to hear them. Listen to absorb it. And whatever yours is, we can now step into that. And we're not now connected to the car we drive, the zip code we live in, the big house, right? All these things. And I'm not saying don't have those things. Look, do it. If, if You know what I mean? Like, if it makes sense, do it. But at the end of the day, don't, be don't let your identity be tied to those things. Mm. Write your own story. You get to write it. Don't let somebody else write it and don't, and don't go based on what you think somebody else wants. Right. When, when it comes to writing your own story and, and I could talk about this all day, like all these, all these stories, all these examples, and, and you've given, you've given examples of educating yourself, putting in the work, practicing, you've talked about the relationships with people, like with your mom, with, with the coach, like people that changed your course and your trajectory. And we asked the question on the show, literally every episode, do you believe who you know or what you know is more important? And your story is chock full of both examples. Mm. But if you had to back against the wall, make a decision and say, this thing is the most important, would it be who you know or what you know? <laughs> You're backing me into that corner. I love it. I love it. I love being backed in that corner. You know that. Well, I would not be where I am if it wasn't for others. So there's no question for me. I think we need to seek knowledge. I think we have to be willing to learn, but I would much rather seek that knowledge and information from somebody who has already done it. I don't want to have to reinvent things. No. Uh, again, my life wouldn't, I mean, none of the things that you look at to say are accomplishments, none of those things were done alone. None of them. Not even, no. you know, being a baseball player. I mean, CrossFit's by yourself, right? Like you're on that state. No one else can help you. But let me tell you something. There was a lot of people that sacrificed along the way. My girls sacrificed time with dad. They they fell asleep at the gym many, many nights. <laughs> I bought them beanbags so that they could do their homework in, at the gym while dad could finish up some workouts, right? So there's a lot of people that sacrifice. So again, man, it's 100%, not just who you know, but who I can learn from and the things that I can take away and implement. Cause that's mm. another thing. Knowledge is nothing. If you're not applying it, right? Knowledge is not power. Ladies and gentlemen, applied knowledge is power. Implementation is power. You have to actually do things. <laughs> I remember working with you and Travis and Travis saying, you know, Hey, you need to be on, you know, this first month, you need to, you need to call around. You need to be on 10 shows. And I called him and I was like, he's like, so how's it going? I was like, I'm on 24 shows. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, right. <laughs> and I'm like, I look, 
just, just point me, you know, I need to learn from the people who are doing it. I need to learn from the P I don't want to have to invent it. You know, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that I have all the answers. Matter of fact, I don't, uh, I, I love, you know, being on those retreats in Costa Rica where you feel like you're the dumbest person in the room. That's exactly where I want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? At all times. So no question, man, it's, it's not just who, you know, but it's, it's, it's the questions that you ask in those rooms and from those people. And it doesn't even have to be in person, right? I mean, I think everybody should have coaches. I think everybody should have mentors. I think every, that should be something that you seek out all the time. The moment you think you know it all, you're done. It's over. The moment you think you've reached the pinnacle, you're done. It's over. Just like the glory years, right? Like, oh, the glory years, all those great times, like, okay, then your life is over. You're on this downward. I'm like, it's not how it works. Mm. I, I say it all the time. I'll say it again. The best is yet to come and I'm going to keep learning and I'm going to keep growing. And it's going to be by people like yourself and people like Travis yeah. and people, you know, around you that, that I can, you know, that I can learn from. And, and at the same time being in those rooms, hopefully you give something back that, that, that they can learn something too. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm glad you answered the right way. I'm always, whenever someone says what, you know, I'm like, I, we need to like push a button and have you get sucked into the floor or something uh, <laughs> like this is build your network. So we got to do it. So that's awesome. Yeah, but let's, let's, yeah. let's really, let's, let's look at that for a second, Eric, because people that believe it's what, you know, it, I would ask them right now, how much do you know about, this is what I would say, Eric, look at, if I put an apple pie and an apple in front of you right now, what you know is which one is better for you, which one, right? Why do most people most of the time, not all, why do most people most of the time choose the apple pie? That's what you know. You know which one is better. You yeah. know what you should do. Come on. Again, let's talk about, again, what you know. Uh, should I get up and go for a walk? Should I get outside and get some sun and do some fresh air and, and, and walk around a little bit? Or should I grab that cigarette and go stand on my balcony and puff away? Like, you know what to do. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. Because again, all of those environments, Eric, you're going to, if you put yourself in the environments that those choices and the people around you are leveling you up, you got a shot, Right. If, if, if everyone around you is the ones going out on that, on that stoop with a cigarette to talk about what they just saw on the news, right? Like, guess what? Environment matters. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably what you're going to do because it's very difficult. It's very difficult. But if you're there and they're like, hey, grab that apple, grab your water. We're going for a walk. Let's, you know, let's talk about, you know, your day. Let's talk, let's talk about things that, yeah. that, that you know, what, what happened great today. Well, guess what? you see the difference there. So it can never be what you know, never, yeah. because you know the fucking right thing to do. Yeah. Right. right. I know you're not going here, but I got to share this with you. Cause I had this on a, on a, on a call the other day and, and I'll give it to you like this. Every, every single choice you're making right now, every person on earth is justifying why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So when that sits in front of you, you're justifying, Oh, you know what? I had a salad today. And so that was really good. Actually, I worked out this morning. So a slice of that is going to be, is okay because you've already justified it in your head. Yeah. Why? All the way down to the worst things that you can imagine, right? But th this call, there was a, there, I'm just going to tell you, there was a bank robbery and we were talking, they were talking, was like, what is that guy thinking? And I said, listen, he's already justified to himself. Yeah. He's already justified why it's okay for him to load his gun, to walk into that building, to stick that gun in that person's face and take the money that he knows is not. He's already justified it in his own head. Right. All of these behaviors are justified to themselves. So so if you want to pay attention to how do I level up to what is that next day? Like get around people, right? Cuz it's not what you know. Yeah. He knows. Do you think that that guy doesn't know there's a chance that he's going to get caught? There's a chance that he could go to jail. There's also a chance that he could get killed or he may have to kill someone. Yes. The answer is unequivocally. He knows all of those things. Right. But he's already justified it to himself. Why it's mm -hmm. okay. And we do that shit. All, that's an extreme, right? That's an extreme situation. But let's, but let me tell you how you are here is how you are everywhere. 
Yeah. Break it all the way down to the simplest thing. You're already justifying your shitty behavior. You're already yeah. justifying it. So if you can start to fix that at the lowest level, then, then those higher levels get better and better. Yeah. They get better and better. Well, in the extreme situations, good or bad, start with all those small little choices along the way. So like whether it's an extreme example, like robbing a bank or whether it's, you know, making a million dollars in a moral way, ethical way in your business, it all starts with those little mindset shifts along the way that they get you there. And um, I I, look, there's, there's been a ton of value in this episode. And unfortunately I have to wind us down into our random round. So just some quick (laughs) random questions with some, some quick answers. First off, what profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Staples, maybe? maybe. <laughs> I would, no, yeah. I, I would love an attempt. I would love to run like a Fortune 100 company just, mm. from, a, just from a leadership perspective. Like, doesn't even matter what the product is, doesn't matter what the, if it's a commodity, doesn't matter, whatever. Just, just, yeah, I'd just to run that Fortune 100, just to, just to be that in a leadership position to, to, to see what that looks like, hmm. to have that pressure, to, to see it. I'd, I'd love that feeling. If you could sit on a park bench with anybody past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Bruce Lee. What would you ask? Bruce Lee. Uh, I want to talk about the 10, you know, one of my favorite quotes of all time is I don't fear the man of 10,000 kicks. I fear the man that does one kick 10,000 times. Hmm. Um, and the power of his mind is in my estimation, the best that, that it's ever been. Like the things that he tapped into from with such a small frame, uh, but also the way that he was able to articulate it in in ways that still to this day are going to be, you know, that I mean, hell, guys like me are are listening and 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 reading and and paying attention. So that would be, I would love to talk. I would love to talk more mindset with him. And you know what else I want to know from from Bruce? I want to know where he falls on goal setting. Hmm. That would be the question I would ask him. Where do you fall in the, in the idea of goal setting? Awesome. What, what's your favorite way of learning? Is it books, audiobooks, podcasts? Uh, is it, you know, videos? What's your favorite way to learn? Books, 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 and more books. Yep. I love to read because I like, I'm very, I'm, I'm not a fast reader, but I love, I love to highlight. I love to take notes I love when I read, I look for ways that it affects me personally. So no okay. matter what I'm reading, I look for ways and I take notes in regard to that. So uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a book guy. The audio stuff I love, like I listen to podcasts in the gym and I listen to podcasts all the time, books all the time. But if I'm learning, it's, it's seeing it, writing it, feeling it. Like I, I'm a very hands-on person. Gotcha. Give me a glimpse of your morning routine. Wake up spin around, put my feet on the ground. I do nine solid breaths, which are kind of, you probably know it as box breathing, uh, in and out. That changes my state, wakes me up. First thing in the morning is, uh, 16 ounces of water with a pinch of Himalayan sea salt under my tongue and a pinch in there. Uh, that is for, there's 80, 84 trace minerals in Himalayan sea salt, not regular salt. Uh, that's just sodium chloride. It helps because again, we're coming out of a fast. And so, to give my body, to wake my body up, as well as be able to absorb nutrients with a little bit of lemon. And then I, I get ready for the gym. I put my clothes on, brush my teeth, uh, get my, get my gym stuff ready. And, and I'm out the door. That's my, that's my meditation. <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, go-to pump up song? I'm not a music guy, man. I, I don't, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I like to listen to, I like to listen to people who inspire me. So I, yeah, I'm the crazy dude that's listening to a podcast in the gym. Like, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, what's something you're not very good at? Doing anything half-assed. Like, if if I'm not, if I if I can't give it 100 percent of me, then then I don't do it. Like, I I just I don't do it. I mean, like Costa Rica. Like, I really wanted to go golfing with those dudes. You know what I mean? Like, because I can golf. I mean, I've been swinging clubs yeah. and bats my whole life. But spending like my time, I felt was going to be spent better, uh, you know, than, than doing that. Cause, and I don't do it very often. So, yeah. you know, it's not, you know, I don't want to, again, I was like, I don't want to hold guys up. Yeah. I'm going to hit a couple good shots, but, um, I just, anything, something I'm not good at, I'm just, I'm just not good at giving you a little bit of me, like right. I'm all or nothing, hundred or nothing is what we call it. <laughs> it. 
what's one place online for people to connect with you, follow up with, you know, some more of your content and really follow your journey? Uh, OptimalSelf.today is our is our website. You can get our free course. We have Identity Creator course uh, on there for them, as well as all of our socials are on there, as well as, um, I mean, I really love it. You know, iTunes is our biggest uh, for the podcast. I mean, obviously, if you have Spotify or Stitcher or any, any place you can get them, they're there. And then the YouTube channel is growing. Man, I, I really enjoy that because you get to see us, you know what I mean, as opposed to just the audio. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of stuff on there as well. So, But that's all on the, it's all under Optimal Self. But if you go to OptimalSelf.today, uh, we have plenty of things that, that you can sign up for and uh, get into our private Facebook group where you'll get me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, definitely check the show notes and go connect with Jeremy over there. I guarantee you've heard a small fraction of what he has to offer, his story even. Um, there's so much to hear and listen to over on the podcast, over on YouTube. So definitely go check that out. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, brother. Look forward to seeing you in person soon. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapelcom slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.